The Daily Talk Show, episode 609. Back in the studio, Rob Ward. First time actually in the studio. Yeah, yeah, first time, is, yeah, we were at your studio. This is way different to the last time. We were in your boardroom. Yeah. There was no video cameras. No, there was pests running in and out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Free coffee. No, yeah, that was, yeah, we yeah, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I thought he was calling us pests. <laughs> no, 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 no. All the everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> there were some photos taken, but no, it's good to have you back, mate. Uh, no, good uh, to be back. After all these all these episodes, mm. it's um, we've seen you since. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't just been a <laughs> disconnect. How you going, mate? How you go? Good, good. Things are good. Yeah. yeah. It, complicated, but good. Well, you Is were just that- talking about, uh, so... For people who don't know, you uh, own Quadlock. You're a co-founder of Quadlock, which is the phone case that you mount onto bikes and all that sort of shit. Look for blue. Yeah. And it's probably oh, there's a lot of black collars out there now. Is oh, there? Really? Yeah, they're popular. Real popular. The blue pops. I mean, that's why we didn't do it till just recently. <laughs> I actually sent you a um, screenshot of Kevin Hart's doco and one of the yeah, guys in yeah. it has a Quadlock. Yeah. And you said, I was like so pumped to send it to you. Like, Matt, I'm not surprised where they pop up now. It was real anticlimactic. I thought <laughs> yeah. I'd found something like, yeah. no, Rob's no, going to love no, this. I, I, I do love it, but yeah. They are absolutely they're, they're everywhere. everywhere. So I get yeah. that you I weren't mean, as excited yeah. as what Did I you thought see, you would be. I don't know if, I think I shared on the stories or something. Did you see Jonathan Pye yeah, on that. YouTube and his big rant on Brexit and he's literally going to the camera and he's holding his quad light and he's like, this is what's wrong with the world today. This is Brexit. And he's talking about social media and, and the media on your phone and all that, but it looks like he's talking about Oh, because he iPhone. had a quad lock yeah, on. Yeah, because he's got the quad lock on and you're just like, oh, shit, this could be a massive PR. Well, I, think, <laughs> I love, I mean, the success metric changes that gets you excited. I can imagine it does. like for yeah. now it's it's yeah. not seeing it because it's mostly everywhere. But, you know, for us it's going to the St Kilda Festival and someone coming up and saying, Josh and totally, Tommy, you guys are from totally. the Daily Talk yeah. Show. Yeah. What, what does it shift to when... For, for you know being f- so far into the journey and yeah no nah, to to be honest i think you know like the things you track as a business are like you know units revenue growth things like that and that's all cool but after looking at it for a long time it just becomes another goal another thing and it's great when you hit it and everyone gets pumped and, and it's a good feeling of the success of mm. that metric because when you are inside your own office with just everyone who's working on quad and you're not out and about seeing it doing it um that is the thing you've got to work with. Mm. But then when, you, when you're when you on Instagram, you follow the hashtag and you see every day like hundreds of motorcycles and bikes going up with new people using it and things like that. You're like, wow. Then you walk out in the street and there's hundreds of them out mm. there and then you go to get a coffee and people got Qualock T-shirts on and they're like, hey, do you guys, hey, I need to get one of those. Where do they come from? <laughs> like, oh, you can come upstairs. We, <laughs> we make them, we have them. Like, yeah, that. Then those kind of things still, like, you know, you sending through that thing, Jonathan Pye, like, you know, those things in the real world are still the things that make you go, oh, shit. Yeah. There's a lot of these things out there. Or you travel, go around the world, and you see them in different cities and things like that. You're like, yeah, okay, this is, this, is, uh, this is a lot bigger than us now. Yeah. You're talking about goals. We're always talking here about like we want a dashboard. We have this dream one yeah. day of having yeah. this That's cool dash- because you saw like our six dashboards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what, what is – like so you do have all these TV screens that have yeah. all these graphs and shit. What are they actually measuring? Just to impress people. <laughs> yeah, it's just a line going up. Yeah. No, no, no. I, uh, I think it was like probably four years ago now, I think we really started, you know, like we were, you know us, we were pretty run and gun, mm-hmm. shoot from the hip kind yeah. of operators when we started. Um, but you sort of have to be, I think, at, at a point. Um, and I think we we're talking about before, like, you know, long-term plans when you're still trying to figure things out are difficult because they can sort of push you into this, place where it may not be the best to be. 
Mm. But after a while and you get more people on a team and you've got to sort of express a vision or try and express where we want to be or where you want to go, like CP and I used to say things like, we've got to make something bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Like sounds good, but it's not really. How do you act on that? Yeah. Were you saying things like we want a $10 million a year business? Was it, not, was it at the, not at nah, not, nah, not at the start. It was literally like, you know, we want to do something bigger than ourselves. Like because some of our other businesses, some stuff you probably remember mm-hmm. just like the – the lasers and the 3D printers and all that kind of stuff. You're looking at that was never going to get that much bigger than us kind of thing. So that was just a, a thing that we could say to ourselves and it worked probably when there's one or two of us and maybe a couple of others, but it doesn't work when you've got more people mm. who are really trying to pull those levers for you because it doesn't give them the – if I say that to someone, does, they don't go, okay, and they turn around and go to do something like, what do I do with that? <laughs> yeah. What What should I act on now? So I think – with the revenue being a goal, or is no, it like with a with the goal of making something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, okay. Then so you, you, then you start meaning- breaking it down to like maybe it's a revenue goal, and even a revenue goal. Like I've found, like we did start with revenue goals, things like that. I've even found revenue goal can be the sort of the big picture goal sometimes, but it's not necessarily. It's hard to act on getting revenue that day in in a certain way because what we can sort of pull levers to do is yeah, get revenue, but a better metric is orders. How many people can get to buy a quad lock that day? That'll transfer into revenue, but it's easy to understand because we sell in you know six, seven different currencies. Um, it's a hard thing to work out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where if we can go all right, just say we want to do just like your figure. Just say we want to pretend we want it to be ten million dollars, um, and go okay to do that. The thing that will make it easy for someone to act on something mm-hmm. is if they understand to do that to be there at this point in time. What do we have to do today? The thing with the goal is it's always so far away mm. and it's hard to sometimes put yourself in the position of going, what do I have to do today to hit that goal 365 days from now? Mm. So if you can go break that goal down to be, okay, we want to be at this number, it doesn't really matter the number, by this time, how many orders a day would that look like? And you can't do the simple thing of just going, you know, it, it, it's a thousand orders a day every day for the next 365 days or something like that because you're not going to be able to go to 1,000. But if you go, actually, we could get to 600 today and scale that up to 1,000 by the end of the year. And if we did that and then you go, what would it look like? It would look like this many on this side, this many on this side, this many coming from B2B, this many from mm-hmm. here. Then you end up with these finite numbers. Mm-hmm. And the next day you can measure back to those numbers. You can make a plan. Mm-hmm. And then you're at – it's these little wins. Like you can go and get a big order off someone, but it, it's just a little spike on the radar. Sure. It's like a big PR piece. Mm-hmm. You know, like we used to chase PR and stuff like that a lot. And it was good and it has a big spike and gets a whole heap of interest really quickly, but you can't repeat that. So it's kind of like, all right, if we're doing 200 orders on one website, what if it would look like if we do 220 and we can chase 220 and we can start doing things to try and take, get that 200 to 220 mm. orders a day? And 20 orders seems trivial, mm. but over a year it starts to stack up and you do that on multiple websites plus in a few different marketplaces and all of a sudden you've got you know, quite a substantial business. Mm. It's not as sexy as chasing like one big PR piece, mm-hmm. but the longevity of it and the things you learn along the way, I mean, you can then go from 200 to like 400. What about revenue versus profit? How much are you yeah, well, looking I at think, that? Yeah, it's, that's super, it's, yeah, it's in, that's a big conversation right now. Mm-hmm. In the, I don't know if you've seen the stuff that's happened recently with Casper. In the no. US. It's a mattress company. The mattress company, yeah. So yeah, they the IPO'd, did they? They or? IPO'd, yeah. So, their last uh, round of funding was at like 1.1 billion. 
Wow. That's a lot of that's, mattresses. It's a lot of mattresses. It's a lot of podcast advertising. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is uh, that $1.1 billion's done on the last round. That last round they wanted to IPO, I think, at $1.25 because you want the valuations to go up every round you do. Sure. Once the numbers start getting out in the public, you look at it and you go, okay. And then people start realizing, shit, for since Casper started, they would have been better off paying everybody like $140 to have a mattress than selling it for. <laughs> and at that point, you've got a an awesome brand, maybe, yeah, that's really good at losing money. I think yeah. I've read something like $67 million it lost in the first nine months of last year. Something like that. Anyway. And it's not it's not that it's and it's not that they haven't done a great job with the brand and the business per se, but what it is is you've got this pressure as they've raised all this money mm. that maybe this could have been a fantastic hundred, two hundred million dollar business, but they need to be a unicorn for some reason. Mm. They're not a tech company. <laughs> and all of a sudden you've got it's like, you know, Captain Snooze trying to be a billion dollar unicorn <laughs> overnight. Like it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. They have disrupted the industry. They've done some cool stuff. Right? But the reason they've but disrupted it is because they've they've it, created a false dichotomy based on well, you, well, selling that, mattresses that where they're losing money every time. It's true. And I think the thing is, I mean, it can make sense losing money on the first sale mm-hmm. of a customer, depending on your lifetime value. It, maybe they don't have their lifetime value right. I think the problem is you're not buying a mattress every other week. Yeah, so are what you? is the I don't lifetime know. Like they have 10-year warranty on these things, so... I don't know. <laughs> just get it replaced all the time. Yeah, Ninety-seven would get one and get it replaced every year. Wet the bed, get it replaced. Well, they do the hundred-day return. He'd get it in at ninety-nine. But yeah. I think what's happened, right? This one point two five billion valuation. They go to IPO. They do this bit of a roadshow. It turns out people are not loving their numbers. Mm-hmm. It goes down to seven hundred fifty million, and then it goes down to five hundred million. I oh, know. And then they're doing an IPO at five hundred million dollar valuation. So in overnight, it's gone from one point one down to five hundred million. So I who mean, loses it was the money? Point. So the people that lose the money are the, are the ones last people that invested. In, yeah. But I suppose one. the people who have invested are just trying to hope that mum and dad investors buy it an IPO and hold on to that and mm. then they can sell they some can of their shares. They can sleep easy on a Casper. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, then the next thing is, uh, I, I think I checked it today, and then the share price has slipped another 20% to like $9. So I don't know. It's now only worth probably $400 million. So, so, But this is the thing. So you can go, okay, it was valued at $1.1 billion and now it's $400 million. It was never worth $1.1 billion. Yeah. Some people just put money into yeah. that valuation, but the market says no. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more of that. So coming back to profitability, I think it's important mm-hmm. because we're in a – we're way different to Casper. No one's put money into us. We're bootstrapped from the start. It's just CP and I as the, as the two, um, two owners. Uh, to scale a company like, like Quadlock, you need – money mm-hmm. and could have we scaled it faster with a whole heap of cash we definitely could have but now doing it the way we've done it we've got this pretty robust system that works i mean if if someone had given us 100 million dollars when we first started i wouldn't have been in a very good position to spend i wouldn't know what i was yeah. doing uh, how many uh, Google Homes would have you had? <laughs> More than the 15 you got right now. <laughs> no, when it would have been, when, when do you tough. think it's right to take cash? Oh. I, don't, I don't think every business is different and everyone's doing a different thing. So the thing we did was try and build a business that you know, could fund itself mm. and we're successful doing that. Um, it's definitely not easy. It's a slower road. We've been doing this eight years now, but um, the business model looks really good mm. on paper and it is really good and it's a – it's provided you know great lifestyle for everyone there, and we can continue to churn out results. 
also we're in the position where something like coronavirus coming up right now, mm -hmm. we know we can weather storms because we've got a robust business model that's been built little bit by little bit. It's mm. not that um, – I mean, still people probably, you probably talk to people and they think it's an overnight success, but it's one of those things, overnight success took eight years of you know, blood, sweat and mm -hmm. tears to get here. Um, you've seen the, the, probably the rise of Quadlock over yeah. the years, Joss. Um, but at the same time, if we were another kind of company that needed you know, 20 developers to work on one thing for 12 months before you even get to market, like you have to, mm -hmm. like we couldn't, have, we couldn't afford to do that. Like it's not doable. So we made... Um, decisions around our business, around our business model of things that were doable for us with the resources we had. Mm -hmm. And I get there's other things out there that are just not that and you have to raise money and you've got to get them to market in a different mm. kind of way and it's a longer uh, journey to profitability. Um, so it just depends. Uh, depends on the business, depends how fast you want to scale it, depends on what game you want to play. Like One thing I think about is I've never spent any time chasing funds or... Um, you know, chasing investors like it's a role like, in itself. Like it becomes no, it's a, a massive full time. Role. It's a full time gig. Yeah. yeah, all all that time I've spent chasing customers, trying to learn how to acquire customers, get mm. customers, keep them. Um, and so, not one is sort of better than the other. They're just two different things. Yeah. Do you think that that um, viewpoint or not doing that has that served you, or has there been moments where that hasn't? I think I think uh, it's simpler. Mm -hmm. But it's simpler if you can make it work, I mm. suppose, because there's a lot of things that don't work and there's a lot of things that looking back, um, the one thing money would do if you had external funds is it'll buy you time, mm -hmm. you know, buy you time to sort things out. Um, we didn't necessarily always have that time and it would let you do a bit more experimenting with things. Like, you know, when we do stuff, we got to know it's going to pay. So we do a little bit, then we'll do more. You could just do more things. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> Well, it feels like you get to um, actually the resistance and the tension allows you to build a good business based on chasing customers, well, which is good choice. for the business rather than chasing outside funding. T totally, totally. And I think, I think it's also that like for us early on, like we, weren't, we weren't clued up in that mm -hmm. sort of area of what that would look like, chasing money, getting funding, doing a round getting some goals, trying to hit them, trying to do another round like that. I, you know, we weren't well-educated around that. I mean, I'm not well-educated at all anyway, so that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, But especially around that, just for me, yeah. the simple thing of, you know, waking up and going, all right, I need to go get a whole heap of customers to be able to make the next round of this product, to be able mm. to fund the next part of the business, to be able to, you know, expand and grow and do everything organically, I suppose, is a better way to looking at it it just made sense to us and we did it and it and it's been good and i and i wouldn't change it um but also i if i was to do it again i wouldn't never not take money from someone if they mm -hmm. were the right kind of partner or it made sense or anything like that so what yeah. about like um personal finance versus business finance mm -hmm. how do you manage that like having having a business thinking at things like dividends and paying yeah, yeah. and i guess having I think, a return as an owner yeah yeah well it like I think in the early days, it was really good for CP and I that, and this is all stuff you find out in hindsight. Like I've heard horror stories now, but it was good that we were in a very similar position when mm -hmm. we started, um, almost exact same position. Like you know, we both gave up something good to go and do this. You know, we had good jobs. We both had savings. We both had, but we both did have a mortgage. Um, we both had long-term girlfriends, now wives. Um, 
we had a lot of things similar in our lives. So at the time, there was not that much friction around. We were just happy to let a lot of stuff ride, like not pay ourselves for, for, for a certain amount of time. And How even long then, was that that you didn't oh, pay yourself? Trying, trying to think. I think when we actually, because we had those other businesses running mm -hmm. on, the, on the side of our, other, of, of our main jobs. And, and then we quit our main job. Yeah, I mean, no, we even then we were using most of that money to fund the other things mm -hmm. we were doing. So we just effectively we could almost experiment for free because we were doing other stuff that was just, you know, effort, not really that much cash. We put a little bit in the start and then that would make more money to then go do the next thing, make more money to go do the next thing. And we're just rolling those, those funds from one venture over into the other to self-fund. And then we like sold the laser bins, that money went in. But even then the, the money was trivial like we had everything we did we had to make money on mm -hmm. to keep it to keep yeah. it moving forward and then i think it might have been from when we quit our jobs maybe three three months before we paid ourselves but even then we've always been pretty modest in what we would do in those regards because it's kind of like there's no we figured there's no point paying ourselves at the ex if it was at the expense of doing something else mm -hmm. so if like we wouldn't pay Isn't there ourselves. Always something else to do. Like I guess so, oh, yeah, there is, but there gets to, get to a point where yeah. um, the business may be that profitable that you're already doing all the things you mm -hmm. really want to do, all the important things, and then you're like, actually, no, now is a good time that we can. Like, Was there a trigger point out. for you guys? Was there an amount where it's like once it gets to X amount, we nah, can take it's, a percentage? It's 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 never. It's not really that. It's um, it's literally when it's as simple as when you just when the Funds in the bank, I suppose, are going up faster mm -hmm. than they're going out. That that's simple, like, uh -huh. and you're still getting into that point where you know we're always we always like having cash in the bank because mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen. But mm. um, and we also want to be at it. You know, if we see an opportunity, so if we see something like I remember it was like it was this time the year before we saw we saw a whole heap of I remember going through Instagram seeing a whole heap of space opening up for advertising just in images, and we we're doing lots of video at the time, and I'm like. And there's so many image ads popping, so much space for image ads popping up. It went to like every fourth post for so a like while. the carousel stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, all that and, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. then we're already doing it, but not not as hard as we could. And all these extra placements opened up. I remember chatting with the guys, I'm like, I think we gotta get back into some serious like um just old school image ads because mm -hmm. people's attentions were short, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We did that, we opened it up, started getting a good result, and then we just pour money into it and get those results and if we were a more traditional business where it's like, all right, this much is taken out, this is much is left in, there's a budget for marketing which is X amount and mm. that has to be spent every month and you just wouldn't have bandwidth to do mm. it. But we're, we're like, we never have a marketing budget. All we have is like spend as much as we can get a good return on. And well, then if we'll it, yeah, if it works, yeah, keep, it works, spend keep more going. Money yeah. But that, that seems so simple and just yeah. makes so much sense, right? But what about like and a runway? And you can't explain that to people sometimes. Yeah, but what about the idea of like, do you have a, okay, we need to A runway, yeah. yeah. Well, we never had the runway. Because mm -hmm. we had no money, yeah. so we had to build the runway out in front of us. And so, did you have the runways? If you've like got, uh, a run, you still have a runway if you've got some money in the bank. But you should really always we have a runway, right? Yeah, like but it, we started pretty much with no runway. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's most businesses. Well, exactly. Now. But you, so you start then building the runway. Not if you've raised money. Well, yeah, you raise that, money, you raise the runway. You get yeah, ten million dollars, and you're like, right, we can start here, and it's going to cost us. To run like this, a million dollars a month, we're yeah. like ten months, and, and we by then we have to be the next. Be all set. Yeah. 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 But you know, sometimes you're getting to the end of that runway and you don't have anything sorted. Uh -huh. Not a good. Place so do to you be. have a comfort factor where you're like, if I have six months 
in uh, in the bank in yeah. regards yeah. to salaries and yeah, all that sort though, of thing. Yeah, we yeah we def- <clears throat> we're at the moment we'd have we'd have we used to do this thing. I haven't done this for years, but and um, when I used to do all the numbers, all the books, I used to have this thing where what I do. This is probably what you're getting at, actually. Mm-hmm. Now I think about it. It was a while ago. I probably haven't done this in a long time, but I used to do like worst case scenarios to call it. Yeah. I'm not an accountant. I used to go, if I had to pay all our bills today, mm-hmm. everything, um, and then, and, and especially being a product business, like, off, like for us, especially back then, we probably only had a few people. Wages aren't the biggest bill for mm-hmm. us. Like the biggest bill is products and mm-hmm. marketing, things like that. You know, if I had to pay all of that, if I had to pay off like all the tax, if I had to pay out everything we could, and then you go, right, how much money we got in the bank and how long would that let us let us last? Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes it wasn't that long. And then other times it gets longer. You do a bit more stuff with it. Mm-hmm. So we used to just do this worst case scenario. And then when you can get into this place where you just feel comfortable and safe, you can just push really hard because you don't owe anything to anyone. You don't all you're losing is money. Mm-hmm. And you're not losing it, hopefully, but all you're spending is money that you've made out of the ether anyway. Sure. So yeah. you get so into this So you're losing position. dividends, essentially? Like you're losing Yeah, but you profit. never had them anyway. It's just a number in a bank account. It doesn't- Mate, You're looking at- Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Why the fuck are we here? <laughs> like, <laughs> just to, I mean, but like that is a- It is, yeah. Like what is money? Well, like it's, it's, if you just look at it, and that's why people- If you start going- like insular, oh, I'm going to lose something. Yeah, yeah, I reckon you'll probably lose it. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, well, it's there in the account. I'm still fine over here cruising. Mm-hmm, yeah. I may not be like living large, yeah. but I can go be a baller on my marketing spend. Mm-hmm. That's more fun and has the potential to do a lot better for you, the business, everyone in the long run. In terms of um, you personally, eight years, the business been around, what you need to do today is not what you were doing eight years ago, five years ago. yeah. yeah. How much has that been a struggle for you and found friction in becoming a different version? So you're good at year one, you're good at doing a bunch yeah. of little things. Yeah. But the next oh, year you almost yeah. have to throw those out because you've got to assume a new role and lead in. How's yeah, that I challenge think, been? I think like every founder would go through that. Like if you're a professional manager or someone that comes in at a certain point in the company, great. But if you're a founder who's, you know, literally, you know, rub the sticks together to start the fire in the first place. Like you're always going to be thinking, oh, I should be rubbing those sticks, but someone else can do it at a point. Um, I think the thing- Relevant to the adventure club as well. The, uh, yeah. I think the thing, the thing for us is that, you know, you, you get to a point where um, you don't have a choice. You've got to do yeah. it. Um, I just put the sticks down, please. You just <laughs> stop rubbing the sticks. I didn't need you to help yeah, me. Yeah. But at the same time, you- there's one thing I've realized. When you get people in, they come in under their whole, what they've learned outside and what they're used to doing. Mm. And you have to be able to take some of that, but then you have to have to show them what you've learned mm. specific to the thing you're doing. And it's a dance there. And it's, a, you know, it's kind of like taking and then teaching. And so uh, that is something that just, just try to get better at every day. And I think, um, you know, for me, four years ago, I'd be a lot better at it now. Um, can I still get better for sure? Uh, but also then it's a, it's a trust thing. It's, it's a whole heap of thing, but a lot yeah, of the letting people go. letting go, but, but the thing is letting go, but still being across it because there's still a ro- as, as you get, I like having 
a really good wide view of everything. But I like everyone else to be able to have a good wide view of everything because mm-hmm. I feel you know, when you do something with a big company and you realize everyone's just in their own little silo and they're not even sure how the thing works. Well, they're serving themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. in their own silo. But they don't even know they're doing that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's a dangerous thing. So I still want to have it that people understand like the breadth of the business. It's good. But then just with more people, you have to be doing your Mm. sort of role within that and so how much has the relationship with cp your business partner changed over the years yeah changed a lot changed a lot over the years it's um it's it's one of those things like we've said we've said i think we said it late last year it's like you go from rocking up and talking all day every day about everything to i can go to work and he can talk to all day about the business and i could talk all day about the business and we haven't even talked because we're operating on different things, doing different things at the time. Mm. Um, there's so so much that is going on and you just, you want to be across everything to a certain point, but you, you physically can't be. Um, so I think it's a, it's a delicate balance of being, like knowing how deep you can go into each facet of the business and still keep your, like keep a, a heads up awareness of what's going on, mm. but not, getting too bogged down in each part of the business until there's something that needs your help or or you're really trying to solve that issue at the time with the team and then you get into that one at that point in time. Then you come back out and then there's something else, then you get into that one deeper at the time. So you sort of got to be flexible, I suppose, mm. along, the, along the way. And that um, for, for us, I suppose, along the way, that has been one of those things that is just that constant learning, you know, who does what. And I, think I look at our business now and – we're still, I think, like, you know, you would say uh, maybe at this point, maybe this point in time you'd have a board mm-hmm. and you'd have really defined role and we still don't have any of that and there'd be companies, you know, a tenth the size of us that would have all that nailed. Do you feel the need to create those roles like a? you guys don't really have a CEO? No. Nah. Like you're just co-founders, directors? See, I think internally we don't need it. Mm-hmm. But maybe externally, maybe people want to know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But it's well, like so if, you, if, you, if, you, if you go and talk to some of the guys you know at Quad, like they, they won't even it's, – it's like the joint's not big enough that people don't know who to talk to about mm-hmm. what, Sure, I suppose. So who makes the decision at the end of the day if – We have different roles in different things. So, um, and it's not always us. It's like you know, we're talking about a new lease like we were talking about before. And we, we had someone come in who's going to be searching for us. He's like, so I can come back and give it to you guys and you can have a look. And I'm like, and the first thing I'm thinking in my head, yeah, and then we'll show the team. Yeah. Because it's not just C, CP in my company. Like, you know, mm-hmm. People have been there a long time mm-hmm. now and it's, um, they're all part of it and they, they want to say. And that's sort of how we run mm-hmm. it. It's pretty open in that regard. Like, you know, talking about the dashboards up on the walls and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, like there's no hidden surprises. People know how many dollars the company did that day if yeah. they care yeah, It's good look. to bring people in on so, that, so they get a real sense of yeah. if there is an urgency or if things mm-hmm. are lacking. In terms of like because I, I don't – I think for someone like Josh being in business with him, um, I don't think that sounds like the ideal situation of not understanding specifically what where everyone fits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's, it's like it's each ideal. to their own, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. works for you guys doesn't mean it's the yeah, way you I have mean, to do it. I mean, the thing is uh, – it well, works when are for people us. empowered? I guess that's the question of like if 
Also, you're... new people coming on, mm-hmm. maybe not as good for. But also, like the other thing with bringing in employees, do you need to have trust day one? What does trust look like? Ah, uh, I mean, it. Because most people, I think that the 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 answer that everyone wants to hear is like, well, you can't have you can't work with people that you don't trust. Well, but you, my thing is like, you can't trust people until you've worked with them. Until but they, I mean, they can't trust you until yeah. they've worked with you as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, you go do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, the more I think about it, like the whole interview process is pretty. Dumb. It's pretty tricky. Yeah. Like you, we we just thought it's like. No, it's like a trying to buy a, trying to buy a bed, right? You go yeah. lay down on that bed for, you know, fifteen seconds, and uh-huh. then you go, okay, so that's what it's going to be Is like. This to sleep in integration. <laughs> no, but I did <laughs> get a bed, so it's just in my <laughs> mind. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you, you lay in it for fifteen seconds, and you're like, okay, so that's what it's going to be like for eight hours a night. No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> well, you do, and shit. it's like you have an interview with someone. You're like, okay, so what are they going to be work like to work like with every day? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, Ellen DeGeneres points out that when you're trying on shoes, you do shit you'd never do in the shoes. 100%. Yeah. And, and so, like, you do shit at an interview where, you, yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, some some places have, like, gruelling processes yeah. to sort of, it, I yeah. guess it irons out. We do that. We do a lot of, like, Kettlebell swings. <laughs> we do psych tests and stuff like that now, but I don't Is know. Is it true that you guys actually make people mount it and see how quickly yeah, they I can mean, mount you, it on and you off? you can't do it in four seconds, you're not going to drop. <laughs> First that. shot, four seconds, you're done. <laughs> no, no. I think, um, no, I think, you know, trust is super important, but uh, to be honest, you trust comes with time at the mm. end of the day, doesn't it? And you see results and you see mm. things. And then you see people... You know, like we were just before I came here, we're talking about um, a certain stock item that we tried to. Usually, we try and sell more. At the moment, we're trying to sell less. It's a different thing for us. Mm-hmm. So, so we're trying coronavirus. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So we're trying to work out how to sell less, and we're doing a few different things. And just as we walk out, Tim's like, "Why don't we put these other two things that we know we have lots of stock on as an upsell?" Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, "Yeah, we should do that because we just." And I'm thinking, in my mind. I, I reckon a year I definitely would have said that as soon as we took the other thing down. Mm-hmm. But I've probably got the trust that someone else is going to come yeah. up with a good idea. You've right? lost it. You've lost it. <laughs> I'm losing the edge. I'm losing the edge. No, no. But and the same, and by the time as I'm walking out, it's it's all being done and all being <laughs> done, it'll be done well and it will work and we'll sell a few units and it's a perfect substitute and it makes sense on every level. And literally I didn't do anything. So what you're describing that. though there is someone is now doing what you would have done, which I think is the the, the yeah, criticism suppose, that yeah. Tommy has sometimes with how I operate, which is like I want people to be thinking how I'm thinking about certain things. So h- how do you? But even if they, yeah, this thing, this difference though is like thinking the way you're thinking or just getting an outcome because you can mm-hmm. think about something differently and mm-hmm. still get an outcome. So maybe the way they get to that is different to the way I'd get to it. Yeah. But if we get the outcome, it's still great. And so then when it comes down to the thinking versus the outcome, how have you worked out ways of communicating? If you have an idea, if you've got a destination, will you communicate that destination up front or is there a little bit of letting go, waiting to see where it, where it lands? I think that's a good question. I think uh, I've done different things at different times. I think at the moment when someone's new, I think what I've found works well for me now is um, explain how we would usually go about doing something Mm -hmm. and give them the tools to have success in that way and then 
do it with them that way, like whatever the thing is, like just say it's it's like shooting a video or mm-hmm. it's um, writing a script and the whole thing, right? Letting, letting them do it that way, doing it with them, like, you know, holding hands effectively along the way. And then you step back at a point and then you see how they go about doing it. Mm-hmm. And then if, because there's a chance they'll do it one way that may work better. There's a chance mm-hmm. they'll do it one way, it may go to shit. But you can, we can afford that mm-hmm. now. Probably like years ago, we couldn't afford that. So then depending what happens, it's probably not, it's not one or the other, it's a scale somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. right? Then you can come in and go, okay, so that was cool, but why don't we go back to doing this checklist for this thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that'll be good. Because what happens is when you get shown everything as a new person, right, in a new job, in a new environment, you may not know, this is what I've realized over the years, is they may not know why they're doing it, but you've written this process or you've done this thing because you've fucked up 10 times in a row and then you go, I know we need to do it this way. But when you don't, and, and for the guys that you work that out with, it makes complete sense and they love that because they've gone through they've the, gone all the through friction, all the friction yeah, yeah. and so if you've ha- had no you have friction, to communicate you don't, it's hard to communicate that yeah. and so i think you've got to almost show let it maybe go the way it's going to go mm-hmm. and then come back in with that's why we do it this way and then you get the big oh, okay yeah as long as the it. risk isn't as long as the risk is not too large yeah well the yeah. we i mean the other interesting thing is around that like we do it this way i think that one of the things that we're discovering is it's like I do it a certain way. When does the way that Rob does it, the way that Quadlock does it, have you worked out sort of distinguishing between this is a process that you think is best versus mm. a co-creation from the to team? To be honest, now we're at the point where most of that stuff is, I, I, I remember it was probably a while ago I realised like, you know, pushing something, like if just say we sat down to do something now and I pushed to you guys, this is the way to do it. You'd be like, oh, okay. And then you'd be like, you might say yes, but are you going to get on board 100%? Probably not. But if I go, all right, guys, let's work out a way to do it. Mm. And we all go together and we put it down together and we all own it. Even if you're influencing a little bit, it's, you're going to deal with it 10 times better mm-hmm. in mm. the long run. So most of the things now, like if we go through like a template that we have of doing something, like just as I left, Tim and Ben are like, oh, we've changed the way we're updating this website. We just launched a Galaxy today. The S20, we're changing the way we're doing it. We're going to go back and redo the templates. And I'm like, yeah, cool. That's awesome. So they'll be redoing the templates probably right now. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But they know what needs to be in them. They know why we do it. They like mm-hmm. doing it. Like it becomes this tool that we rely on. That's, that's great. Like I don't need to be there for that. I can look at it later or whatever. But um, the thing is, I think we need to go redo those templates as, as well. But they're taking the initiative. They're doing it. And I think, you know, you're not going to rock up and on your first day start saying that mm-hmm. and you don't know why or how. You haven't been through this friction, but we've launched, all these guys have launched heaps of products. They know what are the upsides, what are the downsides, mm-hmm. what are the things we miss, what are the things that we, we don't need to be as critical about because we have a better way of doing it. Like Dave's worked out a way to do something automatic. It's, it's great. Then they adjust. And so that kind of stuff is now happening sort of, it's not by itself and you can't take it for granted, but it's happening like with, without me. Effectively. So that's good. But like, like they say, like all good things take time. Well, uh, what's interesting too for b- sm- young businesses that still haven't worked out the model of their business or yeah, we it's, were not, there. it's not working. And so yeah, the, the yeah. decisions you're making, uh, it's so much higher pressure because mm. you're like, fuck it, it's not working. Well, that's, tr- 
that's that's what I was saying before. Like we can afford to do some of these things now because mm-hmm. not everything has to work. And so when when it wasn't working, and well, it, well, when even if it was working, or we were learning our way through it. At that point in time, you feel like you've got to be involved because you're like, we can't afford to fuck this up. Mm. Um, well, you don't have the liberty. You don't have the, the runway, if mm-hmm. you want to call it, to be able to afford to do those things. And so at that point, there's always a bit more pressure. Is it a different energy? Does that energy serve or does it hinder? Mm. I think I think like a bit of urgency and a bit of pressure for me personally is good, but it's not everyone. Mm-hmm. So you've got to understand who deals with that. Like that can be motivating for someone. It can be like, it's like at the end of a basketball game, there's a person who wants to take the shot and there's a person who's thinking, fuck, I hope they don't pass me the ball to take the shot. Yeah. So everyone's different in that regard. So I think, but that other person might've just put in 20 for the game and that person who's still willing to take shots only put in 10. Everyone's different. And, and it's not the, that one's more important yeah. than the other. Yeah. There's a guy on the sideline saying fucking directing everybody. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. So everyone's got a role to play. Everyone's got a different way to do it. But then in saying what you're saying, it's probably why not everyone's a founder or can, you know, should be a founder. Mm-hmm. It's maybe not good for everyone. And if you look around what's happening now, like everyone's being told to be a founder. Yeah. I feel, I don't know if that's the best. You know, some some people... Great. Some people need encouragement to do that thing. That's great as well. Some people maybe it doesn't suit them. What about risk? Are you are you someone who takes risks? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty calculated though. Mm-hmm. I definitely take risks, but I want to understand the risk, and then I'll do it. Um. So I I think the answer is probably yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You think um, as you go on? I mean, quitting your job and just a good job just to do something is a risk. It's a big I didn't risk think twice to do about yeah. doing but, that, but, but it made but sense you had to savings. me. I did have savings, yeah. And so, like, St- man, there'd be people who had savings and in a better position, more qualified to do it, and they wouldn't do it. Mm. What is it? Definitely. Naivety at the start. Like, oh, I, think I think you you identify more risks as you have get more older, context yeah. on the world and your business and things. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there may be a part of it, but I always think like worst case scenario. We live in Australia. Worst case scenario is still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you also have solar panels, so you don't have to pay shit for electricity. I didn't anymore. have them then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, worst case scenario mm. isn't that bad. Well, so that's what, yeah. like, we're talking. And the upside is, is amazing. Yeah. And so that's mm. what, like, looking at the upside, looking at the positivity. So we we're just talking about um, where I think that we could go with the yep. business. And the interesting thing is that it's like, I don't have all the answers on stuff. I don't know. No like, one does. And but also like, I can see the risks involved in certain things. But say like looking at a bigger office, like that idea of like if we had a bigger office and the different sort of revenue streams that we could generate and doing all that type of thing. Like how, how do you actually execute on something like that that is has yeah. a bit of ambiguity to it? And maybe is like, the bigger office the thing though? Well, so the thing, and I completely agree based on that being the first question because yeah. it's such a trap that so many people fall into, yeah. which is like, I need a bigger space, I need to be at a better location, I need to, like all these things yeah. that's going to fix their bigger problem that yeah. they, they have. But then also like a, a, another question is, is it, can you make now work mm-hmm. 
But then you could also challenge that by going, yeah, but then what about thinking about the possibility sure. down the road? Well, I think well, you've got to take leaps. Like, so for instance, the way I see it is like the way we started the show wasn't like this. It was yeah. two USB microphones plugged into a single laptop. Mm. And we've done like 600 episodes and the first 260 weren't even filmed. Yeah. And then we started filming and then we, you know, yeah. get 97 on part-time, then we get him on full-time. Yeah. And then so all these things are happening. It feels like there's a um, there's an opportunity. We have two options. We can say, yeah, work with what we have. Yeah. Just try and work within those constraints, realizing that the things that we want to do aren't necessarily conducive in this sort of like. So there's a bunch of elements in this space. So, for instance, being able to have a live audience, mm -hmm. 100 people, being able to do musical performances, being able to have comedians doing stand up, doing like this space has has served us very well for the current vision that we're in. Yeah. And so it's working out, okay, what is the – so part of it is it's like for us doing the SB or doing AU79, yeah. these are all tests for the live element. Mm. There feels like there's also the added pressure of first to market. So it's like we think that there's an opportunity where by being first and being there and starting, if we think this is the way that it's all yeah. going to go – what is what's holding us back um and then i guess the other part of it is the biggest space has eight different business models in it that could do really well yeah. on their own so it's like okay uh no we don't want to be a um studio for hire but if we had an amazing creative hub where we've got the daily talk show and we have 20 other podcasts that big media companies producing and we, cr and we don't have to be great. We don't need to make heaps of money personally. We just need to live good lives. But we think that we could create a format, a business, a whole model of co-creating this stuff where heaps of people are creating their own shows and it's all helping yeah. one another. I think I get what you're saying. I think... And you're part of my challenger network. Have you heard yeah, of the challenger network? No, but yeah. what I was about to say is sometimes when I do what you're doing in your head, uh -huh. I go all the way one way mm -hmm. and then I argue back with myself. Yeah. And all you the way do the that other for way. me, which I appreciate. Okay. Nice. So here we go. Well, do you do it out loud go. or is it? Uh, no, he's about to. No, I do it in my to, head. <laughs> he's about to body slam me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just, the thing I was going to say is like, and you would have seen this was what we do, is I always think like I'd rather see like a trend in a certain way before I go all the way mm -hmm. into that. So what I'm saying is like, you know, there's no one on the couch here. Why don't we have five people here? You can mm -hmm. easy fit five people here. Yeah. Like you could do that. Maybe you had someone here earlier. I don't know. But the thing is you could, you so could still start doing a, a, yeah. a version of what you're talking about mm -hmm. without all the other things you're talking about sure. because it's so easy. It's like, you know, you've got the camera, C200, whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you reckon you could? It's not whatever. It's a great camera. <laughs> I know it's All a great right, camera, right? right? All right. It's a great camera. But He's really do you reckon you could, red. you could? It's not, it's not red. But okay, if it doesn't matter. This is what I'm trying to say. It's is like, audio. Do you think you could go and get some of the same clients with a 5D Mark One or Mark Two, mm. maybe? Yeah. And I that's reckon a thing you, you could. Can. Yeah. And and that then you're telling yourself a story that, oh no, to get that bigger client, we need a red. 
not and then you go no do i need that could i just go talk to that bigger client and try get that work anyway so there's do the minimum viable stuff so there is there, the minimum viable is. stuff but then you could say like why have an office like uh, could no but that's a good place to yeah, start yeah, yeah that's a great place to start mm -hmm. and then argue with yourself one mm -hmm. way or the other I also because think i think like you've still got a space like on this like this minimal viable product is like if you're thinking of doing a space and getting people in like it's a lot easier to put five people than a hundred. Mm -hmm. So start trying to get yeah, the five yeah. every day or whatever that thing looks yeah. like. Like it's not, it's not because I mean, like you think you, the other thing is whatever space you're in, whatever you're doing gets become normal. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you don't see it. But I walked in here and thought, Oh man, this is so cool. This is awesome. Like I didn't realize the sat wrapped mm -hmm. all the way around. I thought this is epic. The thing is, this is all normal to you guys. Now you're not really seeing it for what it is. The new place you get will become real normal real quick yeah, as well. Yeah, it's, well, it's, exa carpet. it's yeah. exactly what happened. But I think selling the future to ourselves, mm -hmm. it's always in the best possible scenario. So we sell the space with the, everything. Yeah. And there's also- but you don't want to give yourself an excuse. It's intention. I feel like part of it is like, okay, I realise that to do that, it's 18 to 24 months off it actually happening. And yep. so by then- putting that intention out yeah, there, okay. yeah. then exactly what you're saying, which is like, okay, do we the, need to do start. Little, yeah. 100%. How can That's we it. do, yeah. how could we, so with that whole like 20 shows, like one of the um, the WIG's wildly important goals that I'd sort of was um, thinking potentially mm. is, okay, creating a new show by the end of April. What would a new show by the yeah, end of okay. April look like? And so then saying, okay, if we want to get into that co-creation stuff, who do we know? What talent do we have where we can produce a show? I think the other great minimum viable product is a website. If we can get good at, so big media companies' websites really bad at the moment. We're working on a complete sort of shift of it and synthesizing what we're doing. the The website is the ultimate as if because you can have everything that you want to do. Mm. You can be the a biggest brand in the you world. You can tell the story you without having people. bought the office. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. But I think what you're saying is on the right track. Now you're going, okay, so if we want to be there in 24 months, mm -hmm. what do we do today? What yeah. do we do tomorrow? Like that goes back to that thing of like, all right, we've got this goal, but how many orders does that look like today? Mm -hmm. And what product mix do we need to get to those orders? And, you know, we need more orders. Where, what geography, like what, what other markets do we have to open up? You start thinking about these small things. That the extra thousand orders you need a day is still a mile away, but you'd start moving the pieces to get it in the way. But the thing that I worry about is when we, if you talk about the end goal too much and the big thing, the big piece of the puzzle, which is that that new space, you can use that new space as the excuse as to why you're not doing the thing today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the that's because the I think thing it makes I'm always. It, I feel good. Like we feel good when we speak about those things. Well, because it's all, as because long as you, you speak about the, it and then you break it. Yeah. So that's it's just like it's just like a big rev goal, like you said before. Mm -hmm. That feels great. The thing is, that means tomorrow we got to go do this. Mm -hmm. You can't you, live in the dream. No, yeah, it needs got to be, be reality. Yeah. and it's what you're saying before about the um, level up. So I think I like breaking it down into chunks that are sort of manageable so that, you know, you, to go from here to there is very difficult. To go from here to here to there to there, it becomes more manageable. Mm -hmm. Other people can understand it as well. Um, and then you can look at what do I do now? Like what, mm. you know, there's all this um, stuff we want to do and there's this big goal that we want to achieve. 
for X amount of reasons and it's going to look like this, but what can I do today to get mm. us on that journey? Mm. And then know? it's uh, patience comes into it because it's, it's yeah. a bit annoying sometimes having mm. to do it, the it little is, things. But it, it makes you grounded. Yeah. Because I have to tell you what though, when you end up, Signing up to a three hundred, four hundred grand lease, you'll be pretty happy you did the little things that I'd say. Because, well, yeah, yeah. Because also, as soon as you start doing stuff, you start learning. the The faster you do stuff, is you know, the quicker you start learning. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, when you guys did uh, did hoodies, like mm-hmm. how much stuff did you learn from when you're talking yeah. about mm-hmm. it to when you actually did it? Then the next time you do something, well, Blige already- hadn't included GST into the. Um- so there the, you go. The, the, the form. But that's great to work out on. We didn't factor in Mason's miscounting of the yeah. people. That oh, yeah. See, <laughs> all these things, you'd rather work that out on the on the amount of orders you did then <laughs> yeah. versus the amount of orders you'll do next yeah. time. Do a th- yeah, doing a yeah, thousand yeah, orders yeah, where yeah. you stuff, yeah. stuff shit up. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's why I think, you know, working out how to um, get, I, I don't know. So when iterate. You, it's minimum viable. 100% it makes a lot every of sense. time. A good example is, you know, when you did the um, – the, um, was it 500th episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. AU79. A, AU79. Um, that was great. I remember getting the the invite in Eventbrite and it was like uh, it was free and the tickets sold out mm-hmm. and, and all that. I'm thinking I wonder how many people don't rock up because I know I've spoken a lot yeah. of things where, you know, either they're free or they've just charged $5 because then you know the people who are coming are really coming and, you, and your numbers and things like that. You just so many little things to learn along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can start to go, oh, next time I do it, we do it this way. Next time we do it this way. And then as you do that stuff, you're sort of like building a process, building a more robust system that when you get to do it at scale, it's more likely to work. Mm. Yeah. Sevs, do you have any questions for Rob? I feel like a lot of these things would be relevant to some of the things you've been thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I think the the whole thinking about the – big picture and thinking 24 months months in advance and the steps you can take today um to sort of get you there that's i think that's super interesting um have do you have an example of any of the steps that you took that that might have helped you you know build build that quad lock i think uh yeah, something that's that's helped us. I think I'll go back to more earlier days. Is um, doing things quickly. So doing things quickly and not necessarily the most polished versions of things. Because what it meant is when you're trying to make something. But who did I hear the other day? You said you did something. You put it up that video you did, and you put up oh, yeah. a terrible thumbnail, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me. I would usually <laughs> do a worse job on the on the actual product, mm-hmm. which is your creative thing yeah, that you're yeah. doing, and I'd try and nail the thumbnail. Sure. Because I know how because I know how because it doesn't matter how good the thing is behind mm-hmm. the thumbnail if the thumbnail's not right, right? That's so, what the YouTube is all about now. Just body slammed you, mate. <laughs> no, 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 but it's 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 fine because yeah. the thing is if I if you're doing more stuff faster all mm-hmm. the time, you just get to realize what is the thing that actually makes a difference every time. Mm. It's hard to separate yourself yeah. from your art form kind of thing though. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally get yeah. that. Um, but the thing is, if you can almost be ruthless with yourself effectively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would, if you look at the shit we used to do, it's terrible. But we learned so much so fast. And even now we've lost a bit of that. But you sort of have to like at a certain point. But early on we're in this, in this sort of 
period where we could just do stuff, throw it against the wall, see what worked, and then just do more of that thing. Mm. And the thing was the cost and the time and the effort was so low to do a lot of that stuff. So um, if you go back, if you, what you guys are almost doing now is in the phase where we weren't even really quad lock yet, mm-hmm. where we were a bit 3D printers, a bit like um, a bit uh, the laser cutters. And, yeah, yeah, and then we rolled that in. It was Origin Systems, the country right. that we then – then rolled that into, you know, we did the opener mm-hmm. and then we got on to doing quad lock. So you, you're still in that area of like figuring it all mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, Were you waiting to find what sticks or? Yeah, yeah, okay. totally. And also it there's that, but then um, I spoke about this on the Founder um, uh, podcast I did just the other day and it was that I think uh, – and it sort of, I sort of realized when I was talking about it. And that is that I think a lot of the time what we're doing is we're actually even just not just working out what works, we're working out what we actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Because we worked out, okay, those businesses are great, but it's not actually what we want to do. This looks more like what we want to do. And so we just started chasing that and going down those routes. And so I think if you can get to the point where you can just do multiple things without having to take on like a two or $300,000 lease mm-hmm. is an awesome position to be in where you just do stuff, do stuff, See what works. Like you're saying, the tests, mm-hmm. like do AU79, do that. Like is there a way that you can go and do t- like lock in 20 shows to a month for the next whatever somewhere and do that? Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, you're sort of acting as if you've got an office but you don't have it. But do you need it to do that? Yeah, no. Maybe no. Mm-hmm. So I just think doing stuff all the time as much as you can, learning from it, being self-critical of it, I think mm-hmm. is a big part. Um and that's one thing when people come on, I remember I didn't realize you almost have to teach. Like it's fine to fail. It's absolutely fine. Like it's, it's, a, um, it's a good thing. The sooner you realize something doesn't work, the sooner you can stop doing it and go on to the thing that you think is going to work. And when I say work, I mean show you some inkling of, of success. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that this new ad has completely revolutionized the way we do everything. What it means is there's something in what we've done here that is interesting to this part of the market. What if we double down on that? Or what if we take, it's just the front part and then we lose them there and we, you know, we learn and we iterate and we go from there. So, but if you don't throw that thing out there, you'll never learn that. So how emotionally connected are you to the failures or the successes in your business? Uh, I'm emotionally connected to the business, but it's easy for me to just like put my hand up and say, we fuck, like I, I just have no problems screwing things up. What 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 um what gets you? What makes keeps you anxious or gets you worried? Uh, like the I mean coronavirus slowing things yeah, down in that, China. That's not an anx- anxious thing. It's like for that one specifically right now that I'm just a bit disappointed because this is a massive problem for the world, and like it's almost selfish to be that disappointed yeah. in our own little part. Mm-hmm. But it's what affects our day to day. So yeah, yeah. that's what you got to keep in um in mind the thing is the thing like i felt we just done some big like we just gone through um we did a big change to the way we do things in the structure of some of our facebook ads and things it sounds boring but it is a big change for us um and we did that at a crazy time just before sort of black friday then we go into black friday then we have december then you have you have all these months that are all over the shop and mm-hmm. in jan we just started seeing man we've got this is really working. This is really good. Like we're really pumped and we can start to see everything tick back up and we're like going, all this work we're doing, we're starting to see that it's working and it's going to be really great. And it's like just as we get to that point, which like this thing is hit yeah. and it's kind of like, oh, I just feel like um, it's not it's not an anxiousness or anything. It's not 
it's it's just a bit disappointed that like the team and everyone we've all done the things that we need to do you know we 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 um did new fulfillment out of china for the asian market where we're going really good there and really strong and we're doing better jobs we're about to you know, all these things sort of drop in that you're working on. Now it seems like things we work and then they drop in and mm-hmm. they start to pay for themselves. We're right at that point and it's kind of like just a bit disappointed. Yeah. Well, it's resilience though, like the fact that you guys can, oh, well, can weather the storm. 100% and all that we can, thing. yeah. And everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just we have to literally we're trying to engineer a way to sell less product yeah. at the moment, which is like we never had to do that. What about um, – so on the failure thing, one of the things that Tommy and I talk about is um, arguing your position or trying yeah, to yeah. protect your position in why you did something. So, for uh, instance, it's like, okay, um, we, we've done this shoot. We could have done something potentially better. Um, but say, especially I'm I'm the culprit in picking out the flaws or saying, yeah. oh, what's the learning here? What's the learning there? Tommy will say, okay, the... Um, I did this because of X, Y, and Z, right? And that's yep. why we did this thing. Uh, protecting your position versus being like, actually, even if I consider all that, it wasn't necessarily the right, like I understand how having this would have been better. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think when, when we first have people starting to work on, you know, things that especially I was doing, mm-hmm. I, you know, like even just like, you know, um, putting something out there that tanks and then go, okay, let's have a, like, I think it's more interesting sometimes to look at the things that are tanking mm-hmm. because when you do that, that's where the lessons are, you know, like that's no good because of this. What can we do next time? But you've got to get everyone into the same um, mindset. Mindset, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they start day one, you, we start doing that. They can be like, maybe they worked in an agency and maybe mm-hmm. at an agency, the whole thing is, we only talk about the stuff that's yeah. good, right? That you can put into a presentation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. and the thing is, it's a false economy. Like um, mm-hmm. we're in a different position where, you know, we don't have a board. We don't have to present, you know, make our jobs look great. All we want is an awesome result. Mm-hmm. If the awesome result is behind the failures, is behind the good stuff, and it's all important to look at and learn from, um, let's go look at and learn from it. But in saying that, you've got to be make sure that, that person that you're doing it with, their mindset is that, mm. hey, it's okay to fail. We, you know, we're cool with that. Mm. Um, we understand that it's fine to fail as long as when every time we do it, we're doing something that we don't do it again next time or we learn from it or we whatever. Mm. Like I just think it about um, it's kind of like you're buying a lesson. Mm-hmm. It's like you're buying a course. But what about like over – because I think um, oversimplification is one of the things that – the feedback that I get from Tommy, which is like he's worked on a complex thing. Yeah. I'm on the outside. Everything like, looks oh, more, yeah, it looks simple on the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you get into it, you go, oh, I'll show you. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, how, like, TJ, what do you like with what? Oh, Rob's yeah. I think, you, yeah. I think you're saying the thought is that it's quite easy from the outset to see it really simply. Mm. Uh, don't do that, that, and that. It's like, mm. but it's always so much more nuanced. Within the project, oh, the thing is, after the fact, everything's easy and simple. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so then the thing, but like, that's the where whole. were you before Einstein mm. when that was going? On? <laughs> so that's a good. One. I'm going to use that. Yeah, yeah. fucking use that. But, but I guess that's the the thing, right? Which is like, just because we're looking at something in hindsight, and I like, shouldn't we use ob- oversimplification as a strength? Like oversimplification is almost like that second simplicity mm. that 
Jason Fox talks about, which is like second simplicity is the simplicity after all the complex shit. Oh, so, so it's like- I was literally talking to Blake about this this morning. Yeah. And it's that he's making a website to sell uh, personalized hats mm-hmm. called um, harvey.com.au. And it's quite cool. But the thing is, he's building the site, he's putting it up, he's got all these hats, it's personalized, non-personalized, adult, kids. It's simple. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it and you're doing it, and I'm like, man, what you actually need is just a, a single page. And you go to the single page and you select the size. Then you select the color. Then you put in the personal. You don't have to get them to a page. It's just for adults. Get them to a page as kids. Get them mm. to a page it's for mm-hmm. babies. And he's like, oh, you're right. And then we're talking about, I'm like, isn't it funny how after all of this, it's, it's a, just fucking simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's easy. But um, simple's hard. It's yeah. hard to get to simple quick. And if you can get to simple quick, it's great. But sometimes you've got to do the dance. And that's the thing is if you've got to do that, do it. But then if you can learn from that thing so that mm. the next time you do something similar, you can get there faster, then that's, mm. that is where you want to double down. And so perfect example is Gene doing a photo shoot. This is a real world situation just happened the other week. He's like, oh, I've got three cyclists. We're going to go out here. Windy road. It's going to look awesome. I'm going to do all this stuff. It's got this huge list of stuff to do. It's like, and you know how long it takes. It's mm. like lock-on shots, close-up lock-on shots, farther away, you know, three different mounts, four different phones. And I'm like, man, like we're not going to get any of this done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. And then it comes back to we're talking amongst ourselves. Um, and he's like, you know, I think it was like, you know, Edo, Tim, Jacinta, myself, Gene, we're all looking at this thing. I'm like, all right, what we're going to have to do, and we all come up with this together is, what we actually need to do is be simple right at the start before we book talent, before we find this place where we're going to shoot, before we do anything is like, what are we trying to achieve on this shoot now? Because what we did is we organized a shoot and then tried to fill it with stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And then we turned into, this is actually more a social shoot. This is a shoot for the socials, longer lands, further away, a couple of close-ups here and there, but we'll be able to nail all that and do all that. And then he was like, oh, but we still need stuff for the ads. I'm like, well, we're trying to do everything all at once here. Mm. Nothing's going to come out any good. So let's just go, when we do this next time, let's go back from the start. And then we get up, we start working on the process again. Okay, so, you know, someone new is in the business and they haven't been doing it as long as the other four people in the room have. We've gone through all the friction. We know that. But now we've got an opportunity to go, all right, let's simplify this. What do we actually need? What is it going to look like? Then we go, and then if we need those kind of shots, who do we need? What do we need? Where do we need to go? How many people do we need? Like, mm. like and then you'll end up in the right place. Mm. But if we don't go through that, we're never going to get to the point of making it simple. So at the end of it, it's like, well, this is really easy. Yeah. And there's optimism at the start too, which is, oh, we can do everything. Like, yeah. And let's the thing try is, and do everything. I'm thinking in my head, we can't do all that. Yeah. The thing is, how many shoots have yeah. we done? Yeah. So that's shoots. a bunch so of learning. It's learnings. Yeah. But the thing is, you can share that quickly. And get it out in the open and, and sort of get, like not, not everyone needs to go through all the same pain to get to the end result as you may have had to mm-hmm. in the learnings you've done before. Mm. So it's how do you convey that? How do you put that into a bit of a system that sort of I don't know, helps people achieve, I suppose. And it, then the, all of a sudden the conversation's not about you're wrong, you're right. It's, that never even comes into yeah. it. It's like how can we do this better? Mm. How can we get to this where we are now? Like we were in a meeting and it was like, oh, now we're clear. Okay, we're clear. Let's forget about what we're doing. How next time will we get to this clear point fast? Which I think mm. 
what do you think, TJ? I reckon I don't necessarily do the you're wrong, I'm right thing. It is very much like what is the, the learning? Depends how what someone the, feels about it. And that's why I think. Yeah, like so it, there's, because the, what I was thinking about it, say you do a shoot and then there's a nuance of what the shoot was. Was it minimum viable? Was yeah, it something yeah. that we actually don't understand? And then in what, we, what we're doing is in hindsight looking at where the pain points were and it's easy to go, obviously mm. they're all here, but then it's like, Type of shoot that but you it can't is. fix that shoot. That's done. It, yeah, yeah, and it's so, just learn from that shoot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so then it's pointing it's a retro. Out. So it's the it's like what the purpose of a retro is, and the retro is not to not for any like blame game or being no, like no, oh yeah. we could have done that, mm. but it's like okay for the next one. What or mm. what are the little things that we need to do to be able to make yeah make it better? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think also. Um, putting a restriction on when the retro happens because it, it can be a moment to sort of disengage from something. You, yeah, I reckon that's a really good point. So it's it's easy though to go like when 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 you're sort of, if you're still in the stress of it and you're still of like, you've got to have a letdown period, mm. but then you can't let it go too long because oh, no, we all no just way. forget yeah. stuff. Well, so what yeah. I did it in the car on the way home from the that's shoot. That's probably too, a little so. soon. Uh, in an anxious <laughs> environment. And so yeah, the, the, nah. it was, but like here's the fucked up bit. It had to happen uh-huh. for me to even realise, oh, we need a rule of it's the day after. <laughs> it's but are you in the best mind. position? Yeah. I was going to say right then, you're not in the best position to take on any of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think so like the next day. So it's like work, but I think that it's if you build in a retro by default as well, because the thing yeah. is, even if like if something's good, mm. then there's probably learnings that we could have taken. Like, why was that good? Exactly. It should and be so, a good. Yeah. A, no, it's uh, everything. And that's just everything. An average yeah. shoot, yeah. a great shoot, a fucked up shoot. And that's why I know should yeah. be. even working at Invado, it was like at the start, it was like you would only have retros when shit went bad. Yeah. And, it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and so we all knew what it was, we were fucking there for. It was like throwing everyone under the bus. The thing is, the thing is, like, it's not something's good, something's bad. It's mm-hmm. a scale. Because, yeah. like, if you're doing something, these are like we're always doing compli- more complicated things, right? There'll be parts that are good, there'll be parts that are bad, there'll be parts that are okay and could get to great. Mm-hmm. So, perfect yeah. example for us is like our, um, our last uh, um, Black Friday sale. Um, on a whole, amazing, great. It's, it'd be easy just to pat yourself on the back. But then it's like, okay, let's look at individual emails, individual this, individual, let's dig down into the details. We found out we missed something big. And you're like, oh wow! But the thing is, not not to feel bad about it. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, that's an opportunity. Mm. If we do that right next time, imagine where we'd end up. Which well, is what, a different mindset. Don't it's you? a because different I, mindset because it's an opportunity. Yeah. And yeah, it's a fuck up. But if you get past yeah. that and you get to the point where you're like, well, it's done. We can't yeah. change that. What All we can do is learn for the though. future. So I think that, like, yeah, I, I think, Tommy, I think his criticism of me is that I don't set like I'm. Qu- Quickest to go to what's the learning? What could we do better? I'm like where that. it's like I do that too. Not so much like yeah. that was actually like amazing. Everything else was fucking great. It yeah. was just this one thing. But my thing yeah. is that like the great stuff is great. That's good. Like we don't need to do it. Like there's no learning necessarily there for that. But for these like other things, there are. I think it's at the individual level, right? So you say both of you guys are quick. You've got to, to do celebrate that. the wins, and like I have to. I don't do it naturally. I just mm. move on. But you've got to be aware of that. And so how do you then correct it? What do you do? Oh, I, I'm still working on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you worked out a way of like, okay, 
is it like a shit sandwich? But then all these things become a thing that you know. So no, Tommy's like, like, oh, when Josh like, is, he said, oh, that shoot, that was really good that you did that shoot. Then you're waiting for the mm. the punch, you know, like if, if it's that sort of shit sandwich <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. No, no, I mean, even like just thing, like I know personally, I just move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an aid when you're, sm- when you're like maybe first starting stuff or you're just doing stuff with yourself. But then when you've got to, more people around you, partners, employee, that kind of thing. You've got to, like, I think there's a lot to be said for, like, putting a time aside or, you know, going for lunch or saying and saying, this, we're going to lunch. And even if you go to lunch all the freaking time anyway, mm-hmm. you're saying it's because of this. Yeah. Just tying it to something. And then, and obviously you've got to tell people, great job. And I think, you know, you can get up and say to everyone, we did a really great job. Good, good work. But she's <laughs> your good. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Sounded flawless. But you, what probably is better, especially if you still, it's like you know, you just you're doing something. You're like, oh, great work there, man. Like, didn't we smash it? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. Well, we I think, I, and then you, like, I think yeah. it's reading the room, and I think it's everyone's different. You setting the scene, I think, is appropriate. So it's mm-hmm. like the the pr- post retro is let's bring good, bad, everything to the table. Yeah. And where can we learn? I think then that's like- But it's also no a, one's fault. It's just what yeah, happened. But that it's so less emotionally charged than yeah. in yeah. the and moment. I, and, and that's or, different for everyone. Like I think, I think, um, like I find it quite easy not to be emotional with this kind of stuff. Other people, definitely not. And if you're less emotional, if you are almost, if you come to something like this with no emotion- and you're just being super logical, that can be super fucking annoying for people who are a little bit more emotionally yeah, charged. Yeah. So it's sort of. But that's the oversimplification thing, right? Well, like oversimplification is actually. Both sides got to realise where each other's at. Mm, mm. And that's almost like a less emotional in some regards because it's like, oh, this, this, this and this. But then I guess it's also tied into if, it, if, the, if that was evoked from uh, because the thing is, like, we've done a lot of shoots. Like, having, of course, yeah. Like, over all the years that we've both been doing video, we've had so many different shoots. And There'd so, we be have some all commonalities of this. between them. Yeah. Mm. And that's where you need you to think, try and look for that stuff, I suppose. Like, do you think, Rob, you pointing out going quickly to those things is a, a link you've made in your mind to not, f- not feel emotional? So it's like it's the antidote to entering into some anxio- anxious state. Or if you're feeling anxious, the solution is actually to point out these things. So it then becomes yeah. a personal well, in internal But isn't that then fix. emotional anyway? Yes. So yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you're like, so if you, if it doesn't matter if you're speaking calmly on the phone, if you're like, there's a shoot and you, you straight, like the impulse is to get on the phone and try and fix it. Yeah. Because it doesn't it's then a, allow it to be emotional. Yeah. Like it doesn't oh, bring out all that anxiety. I think though, like I remember when like a few years ago, we'd be launching products, right? Not not a not a shoot, but it's similar things like multiple things have got to happen at, in a short period of time, mm. uh, and different people are doing different things to get a good result, right? And we have angst around that in the fact that sometimes it just wasn't clear who was doing what. And then when we've made a better process around doing something like that, even though products are different and everything, there's just a better process around it. It gets everyone on the same page, but also that the angst around it is gone because you've got this thing you can rely on that you trust and you can mm-hmm. fall back to. And it's kind of like a tool that will, um, 
get you there anyway, even if you get lost for a second. Because you know when we're doing this stuff, you all get you trip yourself out in your own mind. I should be doing this. I should be doing. I should have done that already. I've done that. I've forgotten this. Mm. Um, the problem with with all that is you're relying on you know a flawed system of our memory and and all the rest of it. And also, it's so easy as soon as you have more than one person doing a thing, you think he's doing that. He thinks you're yeah, doing the that. bystander yeah, syndrome. Yeah, stuff, right? and then no one something will get forgotten. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if you've got that system to go back to. And you can check. You know what that person has done. You know what. So you've is it a done. checklist? What you know, does that system look like? Do uh, we we do it with like uh, in Basecamp with checklist, mm-hmm. a templated checklist for different things that we're doing, and that that is, um, yeah, that's been a game changer for us. It just means everyone knows what they're doing, and mm-hmm. if something is not done, it's just right there, mm-hmm. and you can go back and do it. And I think the thing is when the the thing is you can't start with that. You've got to go through all the pain to get to that. Yeah. Because if you just write it, it's going to be wrong. Or if you just start mm-hmm. a process today, it's going to be wrong. And there's no way you're going to remember all the things that happened on all those shoots you did. But if you start going through some of this process and you get to the point where you're like, this is a start. Because all these things are like a, a never done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've got to start, then you go do the next shoot. And you just add one thing to it. You go do the next shoot. Add one more thing to it. Or you change something. Or you go to the next shoot and you go, well, this is slightly different. What if we ask ourselves this question at the top here that says, is this for a product or an interview? I don't know, something, yeah. right? And then you can just start laying all this down. You're like, if it's an interview, we go down this route. If it's a product shoot or a lifestyle shoot, we go down this route. And then you can get to the point where mm. you've got this system that you can all rely on. And I think you know that stuff's working when all of a sudden you don't have it and people are asking for mm-hmm. it. When they're doing that, you're like, okay, this is working. They're relying on it now and it's good because mm. that becomes the, their own, like it becomes everyone's tool to success. And even I for suppose. the retro, like being able to, the we reason why, it, yeah. yeah, because the reason why we're just doing it randomly is because we don't have anything where it's like rather than it being this person's opinion versus this person's opinion, it would be much nicer and simpler if we just had mm. yeah. the, the decision of the checklist and did we do everything on the yeah. checklist? Hundred percent. And the other thing is, I suppose, with that, I reckon is, um, you know, you might be doing things that are similar to each other, and then you do one thing that's an outlier, then you go and do these other things, then you come to doing the outlier again. You're like, it was like a year ago mm-hmm. that you did last did that kind of shoot. You'll be like, shit. like trying to bring that all up is so hard. We, like, for a good good example for us, something that happens once a year is Black Friday. We just go back and open up Black Friday from the year before, and we start looking at everything and going, oh, and then. You don't you you realize like I was doing the SMS campaigns. I'm like I'm lost, and I go back and look at all the old SMS, and I read all this stuff we wrote about it. And in like five minutes, I was back up to speed. That took mm. me like two days the year before. Mm. And I'm like, man, if we didn't have this, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. How much yeah. of business is being up for dealing with some kind of pain? And the pain could be oh, learning yeah. something new or totally new challenge. <laughs> I'm, I think. Yeah, I think you – I definitely think it's pain to some extent, but eventually you'll get to like the pain. Like it's – like you'll – I hate to use your term lean into it, but I'm going to – like you'll be leaning Take into – a drink. <laughs> you'll be leaning into that because you realize once you do it and it hurts and you get better and it works, you'll start to realize that you, you reckon I, – I feel like I've – I, I do it now, like I we get to somewhere and we're doing something and I'm like, this is familiar to a time before this happened. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you go, this is going to be good in the end. 
Yeah. Well, it's like a run. Yeah, People yeah. who are great runners really fit still mm. struggle and feel a bit of pain when they're going for a run. Oh, my knee's not good, but yeah. I can run but, or 20K. They, or, yeah, or, but they like, I've had this before. I can get through it. I know I can. Mm. And it's the kind of thing like um, you know, someone hands you like a widget or a lock or something, and you like a quad lock maybe, mm. and you've got to take it off. And if you don't know how to – if you don't 100% know what comes off and how to do it, it's, it could be hard. But when you know what to do, it's just like because you've done it before. Mm. And once you've gone through it, you can lean into it and go through it again and again and again. And it, and it gets uh, – He didn't like just, my running one, so he brought <laughs> in a quad lock analogy. It's an integration. But the thing is the only reason really the runner good. can do that is because he's had the sore knee before. Mm. The yeah. first time he has it, he's like, oh, shit, can I get through this? Mm. Well, even like um, Seth Godin talks about with like using the running analogy, you know, with runners – you are going to get tired. It's not about how do you not get tired. It's where do you put the tired. Yeah, how do you deal? With how that? how do you deal yeah. with it? I think that like even with all of this sort of stuff, it's just because there is friction. It doesn't mean that things aren't going well. It's just part of any project. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think yeah, this is this is a bit of a problem. I think with how much content's out there, everyone's killing it. Everyone's getting up at five a.m. and they're perfect and they're mm. having no issues. They've solved everything in their life mm. by doing that. Or, Solar panels, yeah, <laughs> like cold water, cold hey, showers, <laughs> whatever. The the thing is, you've set off all of it. Yeah, if you're, you can't listen so to this. Annoying. At There's twenty five Google yeah. Homes going off right now. How many no, Google the, Homes do you have, by the way? Um, not that many. I have three. Okay. It's really and some Nest. Uh, there's there's uh, no well. What do I have? One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, have it. It's inside the Sonos speakers as well, but I don't count them. <laughs> Should it just be too many? <laughs> no, no. I have it turned off because they, they, they're both not here. good. Is the Sonos yeah. functionality with the speaker the smart? It's speaker? okay. Yeah. Do you see that they're doing the new thing with the hardware? Um, you know, they're suing Google. Really? Sonos, yeah. Well, they're also doing a, a whole program where you can. Um, you get, I think it's like 30, 30 or 40% off, um, but they brick your old Sonos. So they're, they're saying like, this is old technology. We don't want it out in the secondhand market. Yeah. And so, because I had all those pl- old Play yeah, 5s yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was, I, um, I ended up- They're in like, an interesting spot. Mm. They really it's hard, are. like unless they hard. go super- uh, Because I guess the whole thing was they were doing the um, mesh network stuff, yeah. right? Whereas now wireless is way better. Google, Airplay. Google Wi-Fi is yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I still like the stuff and want to support them, but mm. yeah, they're in a tricky spot, I think. Did you see um, Apple's wearables like bigger than, right, if you put together, I think it was like- Fitbit? Ro- no. It was the Swiss, the Swiss watch, like Swatch and stuff. Put them all together. Oh, yeah. If you put together like a lot of it's the AirPods. Together, watching AirPods, it's bigger than um, like Rolex, Tiffany's, um, uh, Sonos, yeah. a whole heap of brands. They just dwarfed everything. Like really? by themselves, they're like a Fortune 100 company now. It's just, just the wearables. Just the wearables. Our now. mate like, Tall Gronk, uh, Peter Shepard's got this new device. I forgot the name. It starts with W, I think. Uh, it's for tracking sleep. Oh, yeah. But it's just, it's um, you don't pay for the hardware, you pay a subscription. It's thirty bucks a month, and it does all of his sleep. And it's a, um, uh, it's really thin. It doesn't have any screen mm. on it. Almost just looks like a, um, like sort of like a Velcro armband. That's I cool. think I'm thinking of getting into it. Maybe really. Do you need another a, sleep tracker? Yeah. Do you, do you think? <laughs> do, you, do you need to ha- have a problem to be using tracker. something like that? Well, I, he was saying that 
last night when he did it, he was like, um, he woke up in the middle of the night and he was like angry. He was like, are you going to fuck your sleep data? Get yeah, to sleep. Yeah. trying to get to sleep yeah. real quick. That's why I, I don't reckon you want anxiety when you're trying to fall asleep no. just to get a better score on an app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's but a modern it day might problem. work. Um, do you remember that app? Like this is years ago. This has got to be like. Do you remember the Jawbone app? That no, no. You used to just, they used to say just put your phone. It was when they first had um, like uh, accelerometers and that in the mm-hmm. iPhone. You put your iPhone on your bed and it would tell you how well you slept. That yeah. went massive. Well, really? they didn't. Had- was it real? I don't know if any doing? of this stuff works, but they, they tell a lot of it was them. The, it was the one that like uh, TJ tried one where it records the audio and just play back where right. you make noise. And it just it caught me farting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, the accelerometer stuff's interesting. The um, You were telling, like when it, when it comes to, are you in the Apple store? Like can you buy Quadlock at the Apple store or no? Not online? Just online, yeah. What's the, can you talk about the process of that or is that all NDA? Uh, no, yeah. Probably is. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. It's a long pro. Like they it's go through process. so much yeah. stuff to yeah. try. And it, it's changed over the years. It used to be that Apple did the testing. Mm-hmm. Then they outsourced the testing. And it's, mm. yeah, it's just, it's all over the show. You have to get a new test every single time. Like, yeah. You, yeah. Every you, model. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work for, this is one of those things like you say to someone, oh, yeah, we sold an Apple. Like, really? That's amazing. Yeah, but like, no one buys anything outside of iPhones and MacBooks and shit, right? Like pretty, the accessories. Pretty much. Mm. I mean, you go to, it's even hard to find stuff. Yeah. Like, I was, I was trying to buy a um, laptop stand the other day from Apple for mm-hmm. someone new. And you, literally, how I got there is go to the search bar and type in 12 South because I know the brand yeah. of the laptop stand that I needed. And that, yeah, it's but messy. how many people doing that? Yeah. Not mm. that many. Yeah. Have you got an exit strategy for the business or is it not it's, something that uh, you We've done that dance of? before back in the day with different people. Um, uh, and it was, it was, we've done it twice, but like now the best decision we ever made is not selling. So <laughs> is it just because of um, how think, much it's grown? Oh, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. And one time we were doing it with a company in the US and we were growing a lot at the time. What and sort of company wants to buy? Uh, they were more like a distribution company. It was very opportunistic. Like we've talked to like likes of Belkin and Logitech early, early days and they actually came up with the thing that's both of them independently come up with the right, the right call on us at the time and that was mm-hmm. that really we're uh, you know, more of a sporting sort of lifestyle brand than a CE mm-hmm. brand. Um, of which? Consumer electronics, oh, yeah. and they're all traditional consumer electronics brands. So, um, talking with those guys at the end of that sort of press, they were like, "You know what? Both separately said that where you will be popular is not where we're strong." Man, like so, Garmin, but are they doing too much of their I mean, own we're, hardware? We're probably competing. too, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably too um, competitive. Like people effectively are using these instead of garments. Mm. But if they wanted to uh, diversify or whatever, you could see like them developing a really good software. It got all the app and stuff like that, yeah. Um, And so is it in your mind about, okay, because you always hear people saying we need an exit strategy. Yeah, I mean the exit strategy would be that effectively one day and this is going to be worth more to someone else than it is to us. Mm. It's like any company of, of worth, that will be a point in time where that is that. The thing is, I, th- I still think we're a bit unique or a bit different in the space. And, you know, we don't even do much. We do hardly any PR or anything anymore. Like people don't even know, um, I don't know, probably four or five years ago, there was heaps more around quadlock in the media and that kind of thing. 
Um, now there's just heaps more quad locks out there, but like people don't really know us that Even well. like um, – So we're not chasing that kind of thing mm. on a daily basis because we don't raise money, so no one talks about anything. We just sell lots of units and mm. um, get lots more customers. But what we are doing is building like a really – really good business, a really good brand, strong brand. People come back and buy it. Eventually, I'm sure someone, either PE or another brand or someone will be interested in us at one point. What but I do, it's not like we need it at any time soon. Yeah. What I do love about Quadlock is that you get behind and sponsor local events. And one of those events that you're sponsoring is the Adventure Club that the Daily Talk Show has. <laughs> this is a massive stitch up. No, nah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I spoke to Rob about it. Haven't spoken to him since. That was two weeks ago. And I said, mate, would you sponsor the event? And I don't know what that actually means, Gross. nor does Rob. So <laughs> let's just leave it at he's sponsoring the event or he's at least going to come. Would so he's a representative to... from Quadlight that <laughs> will be there on the day. Can, we, can you sponsor a service of my bike? Because <laughs> I did a new chain, I think. On the yeah. way in, I think it was on the way in, I was listening to the podcast on Instagram because uh-huh. I thought, one of these guys, if I ring the doorbell and they're doing a podcast, how does that work? Yeah, no, don't so, do No, I didn't do it. So I just messaged Mace Rundown and opened yeah. up uh, <laughs> on the live chat. I'm out the front. But I heard you say uh, that – You can tell us your favourite ice cream or – No. <laughs> you, said, you said I'm going to come and do the service on your bike. No, um, yeah, he mentioned that and I said absolutely not. The I CEO just thought that maybe the, you'd the be good at fa- it. The founder I could of, do it, but I'm not going to do it. It, it, needs a, it needs a whole, it needs a whole no, new chain. I, I rank, if it's been sitting on the balcony. It needs a whole new chain and just you a just need to grease take it. up. I yeah. also want to get the um, new wrap of the um, yeah. handles. Yeah. Because they're mean, a little the, bit. The thing is you've got to get all the parts and you've got to go to do it all. Well, he was it's, suggesting it's taking t- my specialised bike and getting curved to serve. Don't think like, curved. They, no, they won't do it your bike. Yeah. They won't. But anyway. Uh, sure, it's a great bike. Just take it down to the local bike shop and just get a service and I'll be fine. Because I nearly... The last time I was looking at it, it was wrapped on, wrapped up also in getting a bike trainer. I was thinking I'm going to get it serviced and I'm going to get an indoor bike trainer and get a, a stand for my MacBook Pro. It's Maybe putting a lot of things in front of the just riding the bike, which you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you'll be riding it. It's true. It's my challenge network. You'll be, you'll be riding it on Feb 29th, yeah. Saturday. Are you going to come? Uh, sure. What's uh? What's checking what happens calendar? on Feb twenty ninth? What day uh, is it? The, the, main, spo- the main sponsors just checking if you can come to the yeah. Event. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring cool. uh, bring Ollie and Pam. East Cali. So yeah. we're we're gonna do a bike ride, and it's gonna start at a car park, so you can park, so okay. it's not annoying, so you can bring the bike. Oh, so it's not a ride to. Not a ride to. I mean, too far for you. Where are we going? Yeah. Well, I'll, we'll get to work it out. Well, those details will coming. come. Those no, the details will come. <laughs> the car park. We're gonna ride. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna get lunch. So there's a car park and there's a ride. Yep, that's what you know. Perfect. Do I need to oh, wear lunch. Um, as a date? You lunch? Lunch? Yeah, Mate, you can wear you what can, you, you want. I'd, I'd, love to see, I'd love to see you <laughs> in full you, yeah. skins. Yeah, I could. I, I literally <laughs> spent four hundred bucks on my Rafa Lycra. I could wear that. But I don't have um, bike shoes. That's okay. That's all right. So when you go to get service, I need. Should I buy some? You, I think if you click in, you will crash. Yes, please just get. But what about the mountain? Change to just standards. Just standard you pedals. You can sort of use them. No, I just, a, I've got some pedals if you need it. We can just put some standard While you're servicing. <laughs> right. All right. Great. So uh, details to come, but yeah, great that we got the main yeah. sponsor on board. Uh, guys. Uh, thank you, Rob. Uh, it's a daily talk show. Hi at the thank dailytalkshow.com you. is the email address. If you enjoyed the show, 
give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, uh, you just did a, um, a podcast with Founder yeah, as well. Yeah. So, um, and they've just released their course. Yeah, the actual course course is up now. Yeah. Right, the so course course. What's the course uh, course? It's the e-commerce master's course. So okay. it's specifically for people that already have an e-commerce store and you may be doing okay, but you want to <laughs> scale it up. Um, and then they've got one that sort of precedes it, which is the Start and Scale course, which is run by Greta. And that's uh, if you're just starting your, your sort of e-commerce journey, I suppose you could call it. So mm-hmm. Sam's sort of got two, two sides of it. Sam's can put the link to see that yeah, too cool. in the show notes. Okay. All right. See you tomorrow, guys. See you, guys. guys.